You're listening to Get Fed Today, one podcast designed to provide the Christian a hearty Bible study five days a week. While our mission is to showcase a variety of different Bible teachers, if you want to access more content from a particular pastor, simply listen to the end of the episode for additional information. On behalf of the entire team at Get Fed Today, it is our prayer that today's episode encourages your growth in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Good evening. Thank you for being here. I hope you take advantage of uh, the pan dulce. It was freshly made today. Seriously, freshly made. Noé picked it up and his hands are still burning because they were hot. And then we had some hot cider. Wonderful cider, homemade cider. And so take advantage of it. And uh, if you don't want to eat here, uh, make sure you take some home with you and enjoy the night. Thank you for being here. Thank you so, so much. We're going to be looking at the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke. You know, when you read of the Christmas story, you read of people that we now know, we're familiar with them. But when you get down to it, these were regular people. They were what we call non-entity. What's a non-entity? A zero. Someone who doesn't count. In society, we have many zeros. I'm one of them. And yet, God took notice of this zero. I didn't understand the magnitude of God's love. But on this day, on this special day, it's very important for you and I as Christians. As Christians, we celebrate not only the birthday of Jesus as tradition or culture. This is one of the most fantastic phenomenal days ever recorded in history. How so? Human history as we know it is divided in time by the birth of our Savior Jesus Christ. We have B.C. and A.D. Before Christ, and it's not after death, A.D. A.D. stands for a Latin phrase, means Anus Dominus, a year of our Lord. What an impact this person had that this person was born on this day and time was divided because of the impact of this one man. What is this virgin birth? The virgin birth. Think about it for a moment. I know we're used to it religiously, culturally. Oh yes, the virgin Mary, but think about it. Ladies, if you're under, under 25 years old, Mary was 15, 16 years old. No older than 18 and not younger than 12. She had a, not only a boyfriend, but a spousal. In the Hebrew culture, before they were married, they would live together. They would share their food. They would share their money. They would share their savings together. They would share intimate things. What I mean intimate things You can share intimate things from your mind, from your heart. Can you not? People think, oh, you're intimate, you're sexual. You know, when you're intimate, you're able to share your psychological, your emotional background. That's when you talk to someone and you talk to someone else about your life. And that person accepts you, even as weird as you are. Because they get into the emotional side and the intimate side. Well, Mary and Joseph, they were very intimate except for sexual interaction. They had to wait until the wedding day. 
she gets visited by an angel. Trip. I mean, I think about, you know, ask the people if they can tone it down in the back, please, with their witty witty enjoying the coffee. Thank you so kindly. Appreciate it. Um, but if you're here under 25 years old, let's say you came by yourself here to the church and service is over and you go, in the, you go to the parking lot and all of a sudden there, there's a light from heaven. Hey, Margaret. Oh, no, Margaret. I forget. Margaret. I won't use Margaret. <laughs> hey, Chata. Chata. Yes. Behold, God has chosen you. I know you're from the projects, but God is going to elevate you. You have been chosen by God, and you're going to have a child. He's going to be great, he's going to be powerful. He's a savior of the world. He will save Israel from their sins. Well, in your case, it will save Bull Heights or Lincoln Heights. Or if you're up at the Hacienda Heights. Mary or Chata. That thing about savior, great. He will sit in the kingdom of David. He will fill his promises of Israel. Mary then had no qualms about that. She wanted to ask a fundamental question. How can that be? It don't work that way. You have to have sexual intimacy in order to exchange bodily fluids and thereby get pregnant. And she says, I have not had relationship with anyone. Let's go back to the parking lot. And there's Chata. You're going to be pregnant. So she gets in her car. Nobody knows. But three months later, Chata, well, you're pregnant. I know. What happened? Who? Well, I was at the parking lot of the ark. A light shone. Do you believe that? It can't. You see, we have been so stupefied for the last 10 months that we don't even appreciate the significance, this phenomenal, what is another sensational, supernatural phenomena. I wrote it down to make a little bit more sense. The entrance of the supernatural into ordinary human life, something was about to happen at God's initiative, unprecedented in the history of the world. One verse that Paul says, he says this, When the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman and born under the law. Galatians 4.4 there, Paul the Apostle, when he shared that, it makes no sense to people who don't understand Christianity. It made no sense to me before I was a Christian. That scripture makes no sense, but it makes a lot of sense today. If you want to know and exactly experience the magnitude and the supreme love that has for you, 
If you've been like a nobody, a non-entity, if you want to know the love of God, it's today on the birth of Jesus Christ. What happened on this day? On this day, God was going to give a sign. He says, for God will give you a sign. And here's a sign. A virgin should bring forth a son. And you should call him Emmanuel. God with us. See, that was to be the sign. That is a supernatural sign. You cannot have a virgin giving birth. And there you see the encounter. You see, the birth of Jesus Christ takes place. And in the Gospel of Luke, this is the birth recorded by Luke. Now, they were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. <clears throat> For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. Isn't that a good message today? Our joy has been sapped. I wrote down in my social media today, as I was pondering, as I was reading the scriptures. Now, I want you to know that I don't read the scriptures because I'm a pastor. I read the scriptures because I'm a Christian I've been reading the scriptures. I've only been a pastor for almost 30 years. But I've been a Christian now for 47 years. So do the math. As I was reading the Bible today, I, I begin to wonder out loud. I begin to muse. And the word weary came to my heart. Weary. Weary. There's a song we, we sing. The weary world rejoices. The weary world. Think about that word, weary. What does that mean? It means deflated. It means the energy has been sapped from you. It means that something inside of you has been sucked out. Now I'm... I'm not trying to push Mana on you. Mana is a Mexican rock group. But the lyrical content is very heavy, in my opinion. Very heavy lyrical content. There's a song called Angel Negro. Anybody heard it? Angelito, quien te mató, quien te quitó las alas, quien te arrodilló. Aquel que te quitó la sonrisa, te quitó tu Dios. You understand what I said? The lyrical content says this. He's speaking about a broken angel. He says, angel, who got you on your knees? Who humiliated you and who clipped your wings? Whoever took your smile, kill your God. Oh, my God. I'm here to tell you and testify this night that God is not dead. God is alive. Merry Christmas to all of you. There's still hope. There's still joy. There's still peace. The last time I checked, God did not check out. But look at our condition today. Look at our condition. You can't see my smile. 
I look suspicious. I'm bald-headed. Even wearing a suit, I get suspicious. People don't greet anymore. People are suspicious of you. People walk away from you. People are angry. People are upset. People are no, no longer courteous. Do you feel what I'm feeling? So this morning or last night, I stood there and said, what has happened to us? I said, we're weary. We're beaten down. Emotionally, psychologically, culturally, economically, politically, mentally, financially, racially, and spiritually. As a church and as a Christian, we have been polarized, stigmatized. We have been stupefied in phobia. We're marginalized. We're being conditioned. We are pro propagandized and we are politicized. I look at the scriptures. In the time of Jesus Christ, people were living in darkness. Roman authority. There was religious people that were very smart, but they kept the normal people away. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Herodians, the Essenes. There was power, political and religious power, and the people were like little pawns. Who were like little pawns? Joseph and Mary. We have Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth, non-entities. Then we have Simeon. Then we have Anna, who lived in the temple. And she recognized that the time had come. God's birthday did not appear to anybody important. Here we're reading in the Gospel of Luke that the angels were getting ready. You know, angels sing good. People say, man, you have an angel's voice. We're talking about a multitude of angels. They're waiting for the heaven curtains to open up because the birth of the Messiah, the King of Kings, the deliverer of Israel is going to come to the nation and they're going to open up the windows of heaven so they can get down to the ground. And the windows open of heaven. Here's all the angels ready to sing. And there are three shepherds. Three, four. Five, six, under ten. All that for them? All that for them. The glory of God shone upon them. They did see a light. They freaked out. The angels, do not be afraid. Why? Because I have some good news for you. This is the good news. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. No mincing the words. See, if you want to be politically correct, we can't say Merry Christmas. We have to say, may you have end of the year festivities. I hope you have a decorated tree. Happy holidays. But they cannot say Merry Christmas. We have come to that place where we cannot. It's okay. We have been culturized and we've been polarized. We've been stigmatized as Christians. That's fine. That's why we come to the house of God. So we can say freely, Merry Christmas. God is God. He's alive. There's hope. There's truth. 
There is love, there is faith, there is joy, there is peace. And here we have the good news. A Savior has been born today. He says, in the city of David, which is Bethlehem, verse 12, and this will be a sign to you. We'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God. And all the angels were saying this, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, finish it for me. Peace and goodwill to all mankind. I don't see it today. I see it at church. I see it here. I see people serving. I see the big elf outside. When you make, make sure you see the big elf, he's passing candy and he, his bike broke. He was in the middle, his bike broke and he fell down. I know a hop, poor thing. But I see it here. I see as much as possible, we try not to stifle what the world has conditioned us. Not to smile, not to, not to say hello. That's why I always say we don't have the, 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 the swap me mentality here. We don't do the, hey, where are you from? We don't do that. It don't matter where you're from. If God accepted you, I'll accept you. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what skin color you are. The media and social media, they're trying to stigmatize. They're trying to divide us racially, politically. And I want you to know that the church's institution that cannot be changed by the media because we have a higher source than the media. This is what convinces us. This is what persuades us. This is the anchor. This is what holds us. This is the root. This is the structure. This is the terra firma, if I may. This is the terra firma that keeps you grounded. It doesn't matter what takes place. I do know that God lives. I don't understand the politics, but I understand God loves me. I don't understand the economic world. I don't understand all this sickness that is taking place, but I do know one thing. That the world has seen darkness and the light ever stays lit. And that's what we see today. Today was the light of the world. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. A manger is a feeding trough where the animals eat their hay. And they found them. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Why not Joseph? Why not Joseph? Well, I can tell you immediately why not Joseph. Because nine months earlier, she was visited by an angel. You see, this is where the virgin birth is so important for you as a Christian. You may not understand the doctrine. I'm, I didn't understand any doctrine when I became a Christian. But I began to understand doctrine. As a Christian and as a pastor, I have to stick to what we call fundamental orthodox doctrine. If I was to say to you that Jesus is God, 
Is that the right orthodox? Yes, it is. Now, if I was to say to you that Jesus is a brother of Lucifer, is that biblical? Yes or no? No. And yet we have a Christian splinter group that call themselves Christians, but they deny the lordship of Jesus Christ. You see, when, the, when you have people with that kind of doctrine, we have to, we cannot, what is that word? We cannot compromise. I cannot do that. When my culture and my tradition tells me that in order for me to see Jesus, I have to go through his mother. That is not biblical. Culturally, beautiful. I must go through her mother. Through his mother. And that's what the church teaches. Is that what the Bible teaches? So we have to make decisions that are non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. There are eight major essential Christian doctrines. They are non-negotiable. There are eight of them. Four of them have to do with the birth of Christ. They're not in, in any order, but the inspired word of God. Non-negotiable. Do you believe that this is the word of God? If you do, that's cool. But if you say, well, I believe everything, you know, except the book of Revelation. Well, I believe everything, but you know, Jonah, a big whale, gate the guy, I, I don't believe that. And you may be thinking, well, that's crazy. No, that's not crazy. They're not teaching that in seminaries anymore. They're teaching that that's just sensational writer. That they have to put color in those narratives to provide color of animation to make the story worthwhile reading. That's not what the Bible says. If it was, then Jesus would have not quoted Jonah. Just as Jonah was in the whale, in the belly of the whale for three days, so will the Son of Man be. Three days. Jesus authenticated the book of Jonah. So the word of God, number one doctrine, the inspired word of God. The second thing, the divinity of Jesus Christ. When people say, well, you know, I believe that, you know, that Jesus is a prophet. He never said he was a prophet. I believe that he was an educated rabbi. He was like a super rabbi. He never said he was a super rabbi. You know, I believe that he's a good teacher like none other. And I believe that he gave his life. Many people have given their lives for a cause. Even Pancho Villa. Cesar Chavez. Martin Luther King. They gave their life for what they believe in. But I tell you what. These men do not have what Jesus had. Jesus rose from the dead. There's no other personality in the history of humanity. The divinity of Christ. Third, the atonement of Jesus Christ. He died for our sins. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Apart from me, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Period. There's no other way. And then the fourth one, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Paul the Apostle tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, if there is no resurrection, we are wasting our time. 
If there is no resurrection, I'll tell you the truth. If there's no resurrection, why would I be doing this? If there was no resurrection, I'd be getting high. Why? Darkness. There's nothing. This is a miserable life. You gotta, you, you, you gotta take care of this miserable life. You gotta cosmetize it. You gotta equip it. You, you gotta get a little bit advantage of it. Whether it's weed, whether it's drugs, whether it's sex, whatever it is, you have to live that life. And that's a life not worth living. There is a resurrection. Fifth, the return of Jesus Christ physically and visibly. Those are doctrines you cannot negotiate. But here in the birth of Christ, we have three more that are very important. Actually, four. I already shared the divinity of Christ. But it's the incarnation of God. God becoming man. Jesus Christ. Third one, the deity and the personhood of the Holy Spirit. See, we live in the Trinity, right? The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, you don't see the word Trinity at all in the Bible, but you see it when Jesus gets baptized, and you see it elsewhere. But there's a clear picture of the Trinity when Jesus gets baptized by John the Baptist. See, John the Baptist was given a sign. Out of all the people you baptize, when you come to the Messiah, you will see that the Holy Spirit will come and you were able to see the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. And when that dove comes on, you'll see whoever the dove lands upon, that is the Savior. Sure enough, out of the thousands of people that John was baptizing, here comes Jesus of Nazareth at 30 years old, beginning his ministry. Mary, did you know that your baby walked on water? Did you know that at 30 years old that he was going to begin his ministry? Did you know? Oh, we are told that Mary ponder in her heart. There's something here. The angel told me, the angel told me 30 years ago that my son and at the cross, the sword will go through her heart. Mary knew Mary knew. I don't want to disdain that song, Mary, did you know? And I felt like saying, yeah, she knew. The angel told her. <laughs> the angel told her. And the angel told her, listen, that the, the work of the Holy Spirit. See, nine months earlier, the Holy Spirit did something to her. And then the virgin birth. That's, those are the eight major essential doctrines it is important. You see, the virgin birth has always looked at an, as, as, an, as an absurd embarrassment. Trying to say the Christian faith is not intellectual enough for anyone to believe that, that Mary really was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and there were some that were, that were even saying in a very profane and vulgar way, that the Holy Spirit must have had intimate sex with Mary. And that's not what the Bible says, man. The vulgarity and the language people use. When the Holy Spirit came into my life, how did he come in my life, in your life? What about tonight? If you were to accept the Lord Jesus Christ tonight, tonight, I don't know if there's anybody here who would like to receive the Lord, but let's say you receive the Lord tonight. 
You don't see him. You can't smell him. But the moment he comes inside of you, there's a sensation. You go, what did that? What happened? Trying to explain it to your mother. Trying to explain it to your boyfriend, girlfriend. Trying to explain it to them. You, but you went to it. You don't even go to church, man. You're stupid. You, 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 you don't even go to church. Why did you go to church tonight? I don't know. I tell you what, the sovereignty of God brought you. And let's say you receive the Lord tonight. And tomorrow morning, you're a new person. You feel it, you sense it. You don't understand why. You can't pinpoint it why. But, but, you, but you don't want to talk up anymore. You don't want to drink anymore. You're not chata anymore. You're not. Something happened. And trying to explain it to the world, what just happened to you. You can't. You can't. It's a work of God. See, nine months earlier, in Luke chapter 1, the angel was sent to Nazareth to a virgin who espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to Mary, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you, chata. <laughs> Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was startled and troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. You would think she will say, wow, trip out. Yes. Mary is like you and I. Everything passes through her. She has a logical question. She has a question that has to do with nature. How can that be? My boyfriend, fiance, Joseph, we're together, but, but we have not had sexual relationships. I have not been with a man. This is what she says in verse 34 of chapter 1 of Luke. Then she said, how can this be since I do not know a man? See, the word know a man is, a, is, is used here as a metaphor. I don't know him intimately sexually that is she's a virgin but remember the prophet Isaiah says a sign shall be given to you a virgin should bring forth a child and you should call his, and his name should be called Emmanuel which means God with us it is the joy of every parent to name their child isn't it it's a joy I wanted a boy we had twin girls, and then we had another girl. Well, oh, that's it. We thought that was it. And she said, well, I wanted, my name's Alejandro. It's my real name, Alejandro, Alexander, Alejandro. So we named her Alexandria. Because I thought, oh, yeah, you might as well just get the girl. But, it's the... but the Lord blessed us again with a boy and then another girl. And so we have five all together. We, we named them. Millie chose to name the girl. They all have flower names. 
all of them, except for Zoe Bell. That was that's another story. But we named him. Here, Mary's going to have a child, but she doesn't have the right to name him. He said, you should call his name Yeshua, which means what? God saves. Salvation. And that's what the birth of Christ is. Salvation. He came as a savior to save us. Save us from what? Save us from sin. How can he save us from sin? If he was born to a woman, he's like, he has the same nature as Adam. He's, he's a sinner too. That's where we're wrong. Joseph was not the father. Joseph was the surrogate father. Therefore, when Jesus was born, he was not contaminated by man. How can these things be? And here's the operation of the Holy Spirit. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived in, in, her, in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. And notice verse 37. Powerful, even for today. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Now you can throw me everything you have at me. Economics, mental health, marital instability, financial woes, aging, whatever you have, sickness, whatever demise you have, you can throw everything at me. And I can say to you, because the Bible says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. None of you, I think, none of you, if you're in your collective mind we don't have the same enthusiasm we had last year in 2019 Christmas Mary, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas we're happy my New Year's resolution is to lose weight ah. <laughs> and we're going to travel we're going to go to Pacoima all the time and we're going to go here we're going to go there and COVID-19 said you ain't going nowhere The mighty people told us we can't do anything. You see, this Sunday is our last Sunday of 2020. Lord willing, if I'm still around, that's my last, that's my last sermon of 2020. But I'm not an idiot. Do you think that somehow something magic is going to happen on, on, on the 31st of January and the next day? Ah, a new day. Oh, yeah? There's no rose parade, man. Tamale sales are down like 40%. Oh, you don't know that, but I do. <laughs> People got money, but they have no place to go. We shut down businesses. Lockdowns don't work. Lockdowns don't work, man. 85,000 Americans have died. OD. 85,000. 
thousands of babies are being killed every day. Well, we're a lockdown. Oi, excuse me. <laughs> well, we're a lockdown. The liquor stores are open. Porn shops are open. Cha-cha girls nightclubs are open. People selling weed. Legally in California, they're open because they're essential. Porn producers and porn actors are essential. Are you telling me that we're not essential? Oh, no, no, no. You may lay down, but I ain't laying down. I'm looking forward to this message. You see, this message is of hope. You see, there's three hymns, and I'll leave you with this. There's three hymns from the Gospel of Luke. One hymn is from Mary after she left Elizabeth. It's called the Magnificat. And there you find it in, in Luke chapter 1, verses 47 all the way to 55. And then you have Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, who was mute for, for his unbelief. And when he was, he was dedicating the baby and they were having circumcision on the eighth day, the Holy Spirit came up on Zacharias and his mouth was loose and he began to praise God. And there we call that, there we call that the Benedictus. Luke chapter 1, verses 68 to verse 75. There you have two hymns. And then you have the other hymn. It's called Nuc Nimitus. It's a Latin word that means I can depart now in peace. It's by Simeon. Simeon was a nobody. But he was told by God that you will see the salvation of Israel. Translated here, the consolation of Israel. The word consolation is someone that consoles you. In a time of grief. In a time of crisis. He is the master consoler. The consolation meant that God is going to bring peace and serenity and rescue to the people of Israel. Just as God promised Abraham. So this old man named Simeon was told by, the, by God through the Holy Spirit. Simeon, you're not going to die until you see with your own eyes the salvation of Israel. And the moment you die, the Bible doesn't say that, but you can infer it. The moment you see the salvation of God, you're going to die. See, if I was Simeon, I don't want to see it then. Because the moment I see it, I go, oh, glory to God. I'll see you later. But the Bible says this. It says this. There was, and behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in baby Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, this is the hymn now. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the faces of all the people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Salvation. Mary says, salvation. Zechariah says salvation. 
And here, Simeon says, salvation. All three of them speak of this hymn. When you read those hymns, read them this weekend. Because when you read those hymns, it speaks about social revolution. I don't mean social revolution like a to revolt. I'm talking about it changes you. When Christ comes into our life, aren't we revolutionized? What is revolution? A revolution is this. That's a revolution. A revolution is one turn. You're going this way. You're going the wrong way. And Jesus saves you. You go, oh, you turn. Revolution. You're not going any way anymore. Everybody's going this way. But you say, I don't go that way, wait. How come? I follow the way. And now you're contradictive. Come on, man. You don't talk up anymore? I used to. Not anymore. Why not? Revolution. I don't want to get high, man. I, you know, I, I drink for festivities, but not, not to get loaded stupid every single day. Revolution. I love my wife. I love my children. Revolution. I respect fellow men. I don't steal anymore. Revolution. I was dumb. I was stupefied. But I, now I've been awoken by the Holy Spirit who lives inside of me. Revolution. A revolution must take place now. If you're hearing that 2021 has a better promise, let me know who's telling you that. It's going to get darker. And we are going to be stigmatized even further. I don't know what the future holds, but I do know who holds the future. Amen? Merry Christmas. The Lord be with you. As the worship team makes their way up here to sing their song, perhaps tonight, tonight, you're here, right? Now, if you're watching over the internet, you're probably, you're probably high. <laughs> and we invite you to stay for the 1130 service here. We're going to have a nice time. Sassy time, classy time tonight, 1130. Hope you can join us. If you can't sleep, join us online. But perhaps you're here tonight. You're nobody You're a zero. But yet God died for the zeros. God died for you and for me. You have nothing to lose by saying, Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Is that hard? It is very hard. If the prince of darkness has your heart. You see, when the prince of darkness has your heart, He belittles you. He stupefies you. But when the word of God comes into your heart, there's nothing he can do. This is the only, sin, this is the only prayer a sinner is able to get the ear of God. Jesus, forgive me. See, if that is you today, and you would like to receive the Lord, because of COVID-19, I cannot have you up here. People get weird. But if you're here today, you want to receive the Lord, you want to ask God to forgive you, today on Christmas Eve, out of all days, today you receive the Lord Jesus Christ. Phenomenal. I'd like to lead you in a word of prayer for you to receive the Lord. If that is you, could you just raise your hand? Is that punch? I want to receive Jesus Christ tonight. Anyone, just raise your hand, whomever you may be, quickly, anyone. 
Anyone? Want to make sure? Want to make sure? Anyone? Are we cool? Are we cool? Are we cool? We're cool. We're cool. All right. Let's all stand. Thank you for your time. May the Lord bless you. Watch, watch, watch yourself on the freeway wherever you go. There's stupid people out there right now celebrating Christmas. Dumb. May the Lord bless you and watch over you. Thank you for tonight. Make sure you stop by and get your pan dulce and your little cider and have fellowship. God bless you. Let's sing a song. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Get Fed Today. Today's sermon comes from Pastor Poncho Juarez. If you enjoy the message, you can access more of Pastor Poncho's teaching ministry by visiting the Arc Montebello dot com.